Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster. Here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, I am thinking about renaming our podcast the Basement Talk Podcast Free Agency Free Agency Show. Because that that is what we're talking about right now. It's a great day. It's a great day. I I love free agent frenzy. I love it so much. I have Twitter up right now. I have my phone right next to me. I'm re- I'm ready to break some news in this podcast. I I am so ready. Well, that's what this is all about. I mean the the oxymoronic legal tampering period has come and gone. I think it or is it still going on? It's still going. It's still oh, going. It's still going. It's, it's around until tomorrow at four o'clock when the official league year begins. It's ridiculous. Kind of because it's like, what's the point when you have I all agree. the when you have all these just start free agency on Tuesday or Monday, whatever, when you have all of these deals, all the big free agents are basically off the board, more or less. There are a couple, there are a couple of, uh, of guys, especially fantasy relevant players that are still on the market, but a lot of the big names are off the market. Yeah. A lot of the big names are, are definitely gone, but, I would say more of like the top end guys. They're they're still around, and um, you know we're going to be going and looking at everyone that's signed, looking at the guys that haven't been signed, maybe what um, what I've heard surrounding those guys, and um, and then we'll grade all the all the signings, and then the ones that are fantasy relevant, we'll uh, we'll give a little fantasy spin on them. I mean, Adam, do you want to you want to do the ones that we haven't? seen sign yet and you just want to talk about like the rumor aspect first um sure i think some of them some of the bigger ones that haven't been signed just thinking about off the top of my head juju smith schuster we were talking about him before we went on went on the air and um i mean it's kind of interesting that he hasn't been signed kenny galladay is another one of course curtis samuel is another one yep Chris Carson's another one. Big market for receivers. Uh yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is a big market for for the receivers. I mean, in terms of, I mean, we'll keep it just as fantasy relevant, guys. I mean, I really wanted to, to talk about the four that haven't been signed. If you want to put Jamal Williams in there, you could put Jamal Williams in there. I've I've heard some with Jamal Williams, but he's probably looking like at least at this point a wave two or wave three. Wolf four. Is one Will Fuller as well? Yeah, I've heard I've heard some things about Will Fuller. Um, I'll start I'll start with Chris Carson. Um, from what I've heard surrounding Chris Carson is that there is interest out there around the league in Chris Carson. Uh, I've heard the Jets' name thrown around. I've heard the 49ers' name thrown around. Which the 49ers, I don't understand one bit, but. They've been thrown around. I've heard the Arizona Cardinals thrown around, which, again, makes no sense to me. Well, Kenny Drake's a, f- a free agent. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they ha- they have Chase Edmonds. I mean, my only thing with Chris Carson is there is just so much mileage on him that, you know, if you're going to sign him to a long-term deal, that has to be a big, big, big-time concern for any team. And – I just don't know if I'm willing to to take that risk. So, I mean, the one team that makes a ton of sense for him is the New York Jets. That makes so much sense for him. 
but I don't want the Jets to be giving out a multi-year deal to Chris Carson because they need to learn their sins from Le'Veon Bell. Don't do the same mistake, please. Well, I think that, I mean, the Jets have, have something in the Michael Pirine. He's obviously not a, an every down back. No, I mean, no, they, they need somebody else. I think Jamal Williams is, is a better, would be a better signing. Give me Jamal Williams over Chris Carson. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Chris Carson has less, I mean, uh, Jamal Williams has less mileage on his legs Mm -hmm. than Chris Carson. Jamal Williams has experience being in the committee also, which, which he will be in, in New York. Odds are. Yeah. I mean, especially since Robert Sala came from the running back committee capital of the world. True. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Second, second, of course, to Los Angeles. Right. (laughs) <laughs> or New- it's a California Honestly, thing. It's a California New- thing. They love committees. Maybe New England actually is the running back committee capital of the world. Mm, yeah, yeah, it could be. It's the it's the committee capital of the Northeast. Yeah, but the committee uh, capital of the Northeast. Um, here's one for you. Here's one for you before we, uh, before we move on to the receivers. Who would you rather have? Okay. And. Just factoring in, I'll just give you years. I'll give you years. Would you rather have Chris Carson on a three-year deal? Jamal Williams on a four-year deal? Or after you take Zach Wilson in the first round, you take Travis Etienne with Seattle's pick? So just in case, you know, our listeners that kind of went past them. So Chris Carson on a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. Jamal, Jamal Williams on a four. That's what I thought. And then and Travis four. Etienne as your second first round pick with Seattle's pick. Right. And that would be a four or five year deal. Yes. Four year deal with the player option for the, with the team option for the fifth. Cause he will be a first round pick. So, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Very. I think, Ooh, that is very tough. I think I, I'd rather have Jamal Williams and then, have the Jets use their second first round pick on another position of need? I agree. With maybe, you. maybe corner or another receiver. I don't know if you want, if they don't sign another receiver in free agency to complement Jameson Crowder and Corey Davis, um, then you could use that pick on receiver. There are, there are a lot of different directions. I mean, Joe Douglas loves trading down, so maybe he could trade down uh, from that pick from that Seattle pick and get, and get more picks in return. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there, there are different options, but I think from, for my money, I'd rather have somebody like Jamal Williams, who is a proven guy in the NFL serviceable running back. And you have that flexibility with your second first round pick. Wow. That's a mouthful. Your second first round pick. But yeah, no. it is a mouthful for the New York Jets having draft capital. I know it's it's your it's, other it's first crazy. I know it's weird, right? That you got for trading a safety. You got for trading a safety. Basically, a line. See, Jet the our New York Jets on Reddit loves loves talking about how the Jets traded a linebacker and got two first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> um, pick one. Pick any receiver that you want to hear about. I'll give you the choice. Okay. Juju, Fuller, Samuel, Galladay. Well, listen, for my money, it's not my money. It's free agency. It's a, that's the best part of a free agency. It's everybody else's money. True. But um, 
for not just for me as a New York Jets fan. I think for I think a lot of people want to know what the situation will be with Kenny Galladay. What have you been hearing about that? So last I heard about this was last night around five o'clock that it was down to three teams. It was down to the Jets. It was down to the Giants and it was down to the Dolphins. Now things have changed since then. The Jets having signed Corey Davis. I don't know if that puts a wrench into Kenny Galladay or the Jets wanting Kenny Galladay. I, I don't know. I would imagine so. So I would assume that the Jets are probably out on Galladay, which then, according to my sources, makes it a two-team race between the Giants and the Dolphins. But I, a team that I've been speculating for a while that I think makes so much sense for Kenny Galladay, and I wouldn't be shocked if they're in. I haven't heard about this, but look out for the Indianapolis Colts. They have a ton of money to spend. They need to get a number one receiver for Carson Wentz. T.Y. Hilton, of course, is an unrestricted free agent as well. You bring Kenny Galladay there and you pair him with Michael Pittman. Those are two big-bodied receivers that you're giving Carson Wentz. Michael Pittman can operate in the slot and, and he's he can move underneath, but then Kenny Galladay gives you an outside threat. So um, from what I'm hearing, it's between the Giants and the Dolphins. Don't be surprised that the Colts get involved. Yeah, I can see that. I, I really can, actually. I think he would, Kenny Galladay would be a really great fit on the Indianapolis Colts to pair with Michael Pittman. Yes, he would. And what does Carson Wentz love? He loves big-bodied receivers. So it, it makes so much sense. So much sense. But, he, but Kenny Galladay is going to get paid. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, he he is the best receiver on the market. Um, I mean, especially... Although, I, at least the free agent market, because Allen Robinson is probably not happy about being franchise tagged. No, he's not. And I don't think he's going to be signing his franchise tag. No, no. From what I understand is that Allen Robinson will not be signing the franchise tag, and he is willing to hold out until, A, he is traded, or, B, there is a new contract that gives him fair compensation in Chicago. That's it. It really just comes down to dollars and cents. That's it. Is that that Allen Robinson doesn't want to be in Chicago or anything like that? He loves Chicago. He wants to play in Chicago, but he wants to be paid fairly, and he wants to be paid like a top five receiver, which, according to his stats, suggests that he is. According to most people, he is. According to most smart people, he is. Yes. Yeah. Well, you were you were a year early on that. That was pretty. That's pretty cool. It's the it's it's the eye test. He passes with flying colors. He's insane. Uh, is, does it kind of, is it disconcerting to you that there are rumors that the quarterback that will be throwing Allen Robinson passes is your least favorite quarterback in the NFL? Marcus Mariota or Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton. Yeah. Um, apparently from what I hear about seven or eight teams have checked in on Andy Dalton and the two that seem to be front of the queue for that are the Houston Texans and, as you mentioned, Adam, the Chicago Bears. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Houston going from Deshaun Watson to Andy Dalton? I know. I know. And and let's be clear about this, too. It's not a good year to want to have 
the number one pick in next year's draft. It, it this this is not the year to, to tank because you're either gonna have you, you have your choice between Howell or Rattler. I mean, ugh. yeah. I just hope that there's another guy that we're not talking about that you know comes out of nowhere and becomes that top guy because like a Zach Wilson. Y- yes, like like a Zach Wilson type. I mean, oh God, Jesus. Yeah, this is probably this is the worst year to tank. This is like the 2013 yeah. draft all over again. It could be. It could be. Yeah, it it, it definitely could be. Fucking Geno Smith. Anyway, all right. Who's next? Fuller, Samuel, or Juju? Um, let's go with Juju. Juju. Okay. Yeah. This has been an interesting one. I haven't heard much about Juju. It it's it's been quiet. Um, there well, are that's there, surprising. There are teams that have checked in, but it's not like I've heard that he's down to teams or, you know, that he's narrowing his landing spots or anything like that. It's been quiet on the Juju front. And if there's one team that I would tell people to look to look out for in terms of Juju, how about the Detroit Lions? They need another receiver. Jared Goff is not going to just throw to nobody. So you need to get somebody in there that can make plays. Considering their top two receivers are free agents. Right. Exactly. So I I just think it makes sense for Detroit to go out and get Juju. Now, will they do it? Probably not because they are, of course, Detroit. Whatever is asked backwards seems to happen in Detroit with the Detroit Lions front office. So it makes sense for me. I think that applies to all Detroit sports teams, actually. All Detroit sports teams, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. it could. Well, except for the Red Wings. <sighs> uh, I don't know about that. But we do love Stevie Eisman. Great guy. It's better than what's going on with the Pistons or the Tigers. That's true. That That is true. That is very true. But, I mean, I mentioned this to Adam before we uh, before we came on the air. I think Juju Smith-Schuster makes sense to the New York Jets as well. You, you know, you you cut Jamison Crowder, you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, and you have a receiving trio of Denzel Mims, Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot, and then Corey Davis on the outside. That is a really good trio of receivers. That is a really, really, really good trio of receivers. And whether it is Sam Darnold, whether it is Zach Wilson, whether it's anybody else, they're coming in and they're going to have a lot of toys to to throw to. Yeah, it's funny because Jake just did a mock draft, um, at like he posted on Twitter four minutes ago, and he has Zach Wilson going at two, Elijah Vera Tucker going at twenty three, Creed Humphrey at thirty four, Tyson Campbell at sixty six, and Dynami or Diami Brown at eighty six. For a second, I almost read I read it differently. But I do have some breaking news. Yes. Uh, so the Los Angeles Rams are reworking the contracts of Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Aaron Donald to create space where they can go and re-sign Leonard Floyd. Right. Well, I think well they signed him already, kind yes. of. Yes. That they had agreed to the contract last night, but they need to be under uh, under the salary cap threshold 
by at the start of the league year tomorrow, Wednesday. And they were in a bit of a crunch, but now they are restructuring some contracts to uh, get Leonard Floyd on board and then still be under the threshold. That makes sense. I do have another signing though. And this just, this just did pop up on my screen. Okay. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals have signed former Cowboys corner Chidobe Awuzie. Uh, I remember him getting burned by Robbie Anderson uh, in 2019. Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> we do what we can to erase that terrible memory. Speak for yourself. Who would you like to hear about? It's Will Fuller or Curtis Samuel. Uh, Will Fuller. Sorry, oh. Curtis Samuel. <laughs> All right, so Curtis Samuel's last. Thank you. It's actually good because Curtis Samuel's the most juicy. Will Fuller's being looked at by a handful of teams, Chicago Bears, uh, the Green Bay Packers. I've heard that potentially the Jacksonville Jaguars are interested in Will Fuller. I mean, why not, considering he spent a career burning them for a living? So it only makes sense that Jacksonville would be interested in Will Fuller. I just think, look, you put Will Fuller in Green Bay as the number two receiver to Devontae Adams, number two receiver for Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> Holy shit. I mean, yeah. that, that, who, who's stopping that? Who's I mean, stopping the, that? The fit in Jacksonville is also pretty good, where you have Trevor Lawrence, Will Fuller, DJ Chark, and James Robinson. Well, and and you need to factor in, too, that – Urban Meyer just brought in his favorite Ohio State running back, Carlos Hyde. That is also true. So that puts a little bit of a dent into James Robinson. And we said this. We said that we doubted that James Robinson was going to be the only guy in Jacksonville in 2021. And they go out and they sign Carlos Hyde to a two-year deal. And it's not a surprise because Urban Meyer wants to bring in guys that he coached at Ohio State, Carlos Hyde being one of them, and then – there's another one that we're going to be talking about in just a second. But uh, Will Fuller, the Will Fuller one for Jacksonville, I didn't think of. But then I, I really thought about it, and I said, you know, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. And, he, and here I was thinking that what Jacksonville needed to do was go out and get a tight end. I thought for sure that Jacksonville was going to go out and spend the money to get John U. Smith or Hunter Henry. I thought that was a stone cold lock that one of them was going to Jacksonville and little did I know they'd be going to the same team, but we'll talk about that in, in a, in a second. Oh, uh, pain. Yeah, Spain without the yes. No, just pain. Is what <laughs> just, I said. Pain? just pain. Well, I'm saying Spain without the yes. All right. You want to hear about Curtis Samuel? Let's hear about Curtis Samuel. Is he willing? See, here's the thing. Curtis Samuel is always one of those guys where we like last year, Matt rule was saying, Oh, you know, we want to get Curtis Samuel a lot more involved in the offense in different ways. Maybe we'll line him up in the backfield. And Curtis Samuel had like, you know, some rushing yards occasionally, but for, like from a fantasy perspective, he was like, okay, running the football. So whoever signs Curtis Samuel is going to get a versatile player who has potential. Adam, you're 100% correct on that. And I've heard that half of the league has checked in on Curtis Samuel. Half the league. Half the league. That is that is impressive. Because every team wants a player like that. Where if you want to 
have him as a running back, you can have him as a running back. If you want to use him as a receiver in the slot, you can have him as a slot receiver. He brings so much to the table that he is in high, high demand. And that's what's going to make his price go through the roof. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, people are going to see this, the contract that Curtis Samuel gets, and some people are going to keel over and puke because of how much money he is going to get. Now, do I think he's going to be the highest paid receiver in this free agent class? No, no, it's, it's going to be Galladay. And I think Will Fuller might get a bit more than Curtis Samuel, but will it be by much? Or Allen no. Robinson. Well, in terms of free agents, I mean, Allen Robinson okay. back, back on the tag. Same with, same with Godwin. Um, I think Godwin will be somewhere in the range of what, uh, what Kenny Galladay gets, maybe a little less. Robinson, I think, will make more than than Galladay. I think Robinson will get the richest receiver contract out of this uh, free agent period. But, yeah, Curtis Samuel, I mean, if you want a few teams I've heard, I've heard the Giants. The Giants connection makes all the sense in the world because Dave Gettleman drafted him. Uh, the Jaguars make sense again. Urban Meyer coached him in college, and Urban Meyer is actually quoted as saying, that Curtis Samuel is one of the best players that he has ever coached, period, which says something. I've heard the New York Jets interested, but I don't know if that changed because of Corey Davis. So uh, we'll have to see about that. I've also heard, and, and this this is a little bit of an interesting one because I don't know how he would fit, but they have a ton of money to go and spend. And they could realistically do a double dip into the receivers, getting Kenny Galladay, and then getting Curtis Samuel, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Oh, you want to talk about pain? That would be really interesting. Then you need to start thinking about, is there the potential that Miami gets Galladay and Samuel to play with Devontae Parker? They have Gesicki. Maybe they go out and they sign a running back if there's one that they like or they draft one, or... Or, this is where I'm going, they don't have any picks because they send those picks to Houston and they get to Sean Watson. Oh, God, no. Please, stop. Uh, Look, it is becoming clearer and clearer to me that Sean Watson is going to get traded. Well, yes, but hopefully not to the Dolphins. That's just just my two cents. And, and, And I don't know if I'm breaking this. I don't know if this has been reported elsewhere. But it apparently is getting worse and worse in Seattle for Russell Wilson. Well. And that it is looking more and more likely that Russell Wilson could get traded. Oh, my God. Which would be. So before before we go into the rest of the free agents and, and who's signed and having a general discussion about that, I just want to tell you what I've heard about this. Well, the, the, this this overrules any any talk about free agency because Russell Wilson getting traded would be a huge bombshell. So here's what I've heard, and bear with me because this is a long-winded, drawn-out explanation. So apparently, the offensive staff that are in Seattle. And I'll talk about the offensive coordinator because Russell Wilson had his hand picking out the offensive coordinator that he wanted. But the offensive staff believe, and this is just from what I've what I've heard. Are we talking about like quarterback coaches and stuff? 
yeah, offensive assistants, you know, things like that. People who are involved in running the offense okay. without it being the coordinator believe that Russell Wilson is not the fit for this type of offense, that they believe there is another quarterback out there that would be a better fit to run this new style of offense than Russell Wilson. And I heard that and I immediately said every single last person who believes that should be fired immediately. Yeah. Because Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, all personal feelings aside. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And if you think that you are going to find a better quarterback that can go and run your offense better than Russell Wilson that you can get in either a trade through free agency or through the draft, you are out of your skin. Well, here's the thing. Okay, Russell Wilson's not a fit, not a fit for the offense that you have. Then change the offense. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. That's then exactly change it. What I was going to say, Taylor made the offense to Russell Wilson. It's not hard. You have Russell Wilson. Teams would literally <laughs> commit mass murder to have a quarterback like Russell Wilson. Yes. Yes. And, and this also falls on Pete Carroll because he's let this happen. He has let this complete utter ridiculousness happen. He's Carl overrated. Absolutely. He is (laughs) absolutely. He is. He rides off of one Super Bowl. Honestly, honestly, he he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't great with new England. He wasn't great with the jets either. And honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't understand. I really don't get what's happening in Seattle. I, I really, really don't. And I still hold on to the belief that Russell Wilson will be a Seahawk. I do. But something tells me that at the end of next year, it's either going to be Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll that goes. And based on the way that Seattle is set up currently, Something tells me it's Russell Wilson over Pete Carroll, which to me is just ridiculous. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, no, it really, really really doesn't. But uh, yeah, I mean, what, who are they thinking about? Oh, okay. Well, obviously they didn't say which quarterbacks they had in mind because that would be, you know, they don't, you don't want to show your hand like that, but what kind of offense are they going to run? Are they going to run that it's going to be like, oh, well, we need a quarterback that's not like Russell Wilson. It's like, you want a pocket passer? Russell Wilson can stay in the pocket. Russell Wilson's one of the best arms in the NFL. What do you, who are you looking for? It's right in front of you. They want, you, they want to bring Johnny Unitas out of retirement. Your unicorn is, is staring you right in the face. They want to bring Johnny Unitas out of retirement tomorrow. I'm pretty sure Johnny Unitas is no longer with us. That, exactly. That's my point. Okay. That's my point. Okay. Maybe maybe they, they'll, they'll try and convince Andrew Locke to come out of retirement. Well, that's a bit more if believable. We're being, if we're being realistic. It's a bit I more mean, believable. Yeah, but Andrew, but Andrew Locke was worried about getting hit behind the Colts offensive line. 
What's he going to do in behind Seattle's? Seattle's offensive line is shambolic. I know. So it, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. And, and every single person in that organization should be fired if they trade Russell Wilson, starting with John Schneider going down to the water boy. Well, yeah, I mean, John Schneider, he, he saw, I mean, listen, he hasn't done, he hasn't done a good job with the offensive line. He traded away Seattle's draft capital for Jamal Adams. And are they even going to sign Jamal? What are they even going to do with Jamal Adams as far as extension, as far as his extension is concerned? I have no idea. Can you imagine? I mean, you don't have to imagine because it's because it might actually happen. But you trade two first round picks for a safety, and he might, and you're waiting this long to let him walk to potentially let him walk in free agency. Yeah. Like, oh, a fucking disaster. That would be an absolute yeah. disaster. Anyway. Let's talk about the uh, the other free agents. The ones uh, that have actually signed. Yeah. Well, also the ones that are actually free to move around with their teams. And then the ones that have signed with New England. <laughs> and the ones that have signed with New England. It's the ones that have signed with New England and everybody else. Yeah. Oi. So uh, New England's gone on a bit of a spending spree. Yeah. They've spent $250 million in the span of 36 hours. In the last 10 years in free agency, Bill Belichick has spent a combined $400 million. So they have spent... <laughs> they have spent nearly 50% of all the money that they've spent in the last 10 years in free agency, they have spent in the last 36 hours. Uh, let's just go down the list. So uh, Matthew Judon, four years, $56 million. Jonu Smith, four years, $50 million. Hunter Henry, three years, $37.5 million. A Hall of Fame tight end is going to New England. This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Mills, uh who on spot track is apparently listed as a safety. Do you change position? He's both. He, he, he's, he's both. both. He's you a hybrid. Line up a slot corner. You can line him up as, as a safety. Uh, he was signed for uh, four years and $24 million, which kind of makes sense. Uh, they're going to only have half of the McCordy brothers, probably because Jason is a free agent. And um, yeah, they, and they only have Devin at the at the at the moment. Uh, Nelson Aguilar signed for two years and twenty two million. Dietrich Wise, he was already on the team. He saw he signed. He came back for uh, four years and twenty two million. Devon Godcho, I'm sure that's I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Devon Godcho. Yep. Uh, two years and sixteen million dollars. Kendrick Bourne, three years, fifteen million dollars. Former New York Jet Henry Anderson, who was terrible last year, two years, $7 million, and Terrence Brooks, one year, $2 million. And they also let Joe Thune go to Kansas City, 
for five years and $80 million, but that's a different, different kind of deal. But what the fuck is going on here? All these free agents, aside from the tight ends, all these free agents are like kind of marginal additions that are overpriced. I mean, Dietrich Wise is good, was good for, for New England when he was there. But like a lot of these guys are very marginal additions. They're not, you know, game breakers or players that are going to put New England over the top. Cam Newton, who knows what Cam Newton's going to be like in 2021. I mean, he's going to have better weapons for sure. But I mean, aside from the tight ends and the edge rusher and Matthew Judon, I mean, these signings are very underwhelming. I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they are, it, it, it's just off the formula to win a Super Bowl. That's the problem is they are paying, they are overpaying or paying market value for guys that are coming off really good or career years, a la Matthew Judon. That's not how you put together a team that's going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, you need talent on that team. Absolutely. 100%. But does anybody think that based on the signings that they made on Monday, that they are going to be a 10-win team? Maybe eight or nine. They went seven to nine last year, and then and most of their team opted out. Most of the defense opted out. Right, and they traded and they traded away Marcus Cannon to Houston. Does anybody think that New England's a ten win team? I don't. I don't. No, that division is going to be tough. Are they a nine win team? I don't know if they're even a nine win team. I think they, if anything, they probably are plus one on the win scale. They're probably an eight and eight team. I mean, we're going to talk about this. I I think it's either next episode or four episodes from now, depending on whether or not we start for with the AFC or the NFC. Uh, the AFC East is going to be a bloodbath of a division a next year. It's going to be a monster division. It is. I mean. All of those, all four of those teams have the potential to be pretty good. Yep. And, and we and we don't know what Miami is still yet to do because they have they have a treasure trove of assets that they're going to throw. And if they, hell, if they can get you know Galladay and Watson, holy shit. Yeah. No, it's go back to the early nineties, New England. When, yeah, nobody you ain't cared, when nobody cared, you ain't kidding either. When you, had, when you tanked for when they tanked for Drew Bledsoe, <laughs> but yeah, no, the these signings don't listen. It's not it's not the Jets fan in me that's talking about that that's that's saying this. Honestly, I think I, as a Jets fan, I probably have the most. I can come from a from a place and have a perspective that not a lot of other teams have had because I've been through this kind of thing where you where you have this big free agent spending spree where you kind of overpay for players and it just doesn't work out all the time you it's you know that bill belichick knows more than anybody it's what got him to where he is today is that you don't build your team through free agency primarily you build through the draft mm-hmm. 
Absolutely correct. And in it's it's kind of the same argument that people have with the Cowboys right now is they had Dak Prescott playing on less than a million dollar salary and they couldn't win a Super Bowl. Same thing with the Chiefs. It's total opposite with the Chiefs. Is you had Patrick Mahomes playing on little money, got his big extension, but is still playing on little money. And they were able to win a Super Bowl. They were able to go to another Super Bowl. So the the formula is, like you said, Adam, you're 100% correct. You build your team through the draft, but you supplement that with smart free agent signings. And I don't know if what the Patriots have done classifies as smart signings. Because, I mean, let's also call it for what it is. The Patriots are one of the worst drafting teams based on their record in the league right now. They do not draft well. And that that's maddening to me. That for some reason, the Patriots just do not know how to draft. No, they really don't. I mean, I mean, the past couple look, of years have, it, been, have been terrible. Bingo. Bingo. The past couple of drafts have been terrible for New England. Absolutely horrible. I mean, they spent a 30-second overall pick on a running back that they are barely using, but could get more looks in this offense now if James White is leaving New England, which, according to some sources, he could be headed to, you're going to love this, Tampa Bay. Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, I, I mean, it makes sense. I know, want, but still. They want a pass catching running back. They need they they need a guy that can catch passes. And I know, but still. M- maybe no better guy that can catch passes than James White. For I mean, fantasy, for fantasy, PPR-wise, he goes to Tampa Bay. Oof. He will be a great, great value. Rex Burkhead's a free agent also. Yep. Mm-hmm. So basically, it could be Sonny Michelle and Damian Harris. Correct. And maybe one other guy that they bring in. Yeah. But I mean, at this point, it's, it, it's, it's a mess. It's, I mean, it's a mess. Nikhil Harry Ugh. over, oh, over DK. Well, was that, that was DK Metcalf's year, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was boy. DK Metcalf's year. Well, I mean, a lot of teams passed on DK Metcalf for some reason. True. Very but, true. Um, Yeah. Let me ask you this, Adam, because we are a fantasy show. We are a fantasy program. Where are you taking Hunter Henry or John Smith? Now that they've signed with New England? Yeah. Um, well, I think that it depends on who is the number one. I don't, I don't think there is one. I think it's like a 1A, 1B. I mean, if it... If they're running two tight ends, they're going to be running two tight end sets like the good old days when, you know, when they had Gronk and he who shall not be named on True. their roster. True. But, I mean, I don't know at this point. I think probably probably later in the draft, I don't think they're going to be in the double-digit rounds, but I that's kind of where I'd be comfortable taking them at this point. So after yesterday's news, I have Hunter Henry now as my number 11 tight end. 
He was my number six tight end. I moved him down five spots. Jonu Smith, who was my number 13 tight end, he is now my number 17 tight end. I want no part. I want no part. Let let somebody else deal with that mess. Not going to be me. If there's one I would take a shot on, it would probably be Jonu Smith, just because I think he's going to cost you nothing. And if it doesn't work out, then you just cut him and you just say, oh, well, I tried. But Hunter Henry still has name value. So I just think people are going to draft him because he's Hunter Henry. And I love him. Friend of the podcast. Great guy. All around Hall of Fame tight end. Incredible human being. I'm not drafting in fantasy this year. I'm I'm not. I mean, he's, he's going to be catching passes from either Noodle Arm Cam Newton or Jared Stidham. Or Mac Jones, or Trey Lance, oh. or some other quarterback that they draft. Right. I mean, they signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal, another one-year deal with yep. incentives. Do you really think that New England will be dumb enough to not draft a quarterback this year? Oh, I, if, if they don't draft a quarterback, I'm convinced that Bill Belichick does not know what he's doing. They absolutely 100% need to be drafting a quarterback this year. And and there there's like there's like no debate about that. They have to draft a quarterback desperately. It's true. I mean, what did you see from from either of the two quarterbacks that started for New England that made you say, Oh, well, you know, I think they're gonna be fine? Well, I think I that's that's a tough question because obviously the offense as a whole last year was just a disaster right now you're bringing in four key contributors that at least on paper should make the offense look better so hunter henry john smith nelson aguilar kendrick Bourne. there's four guys that at least on paper should make this offense at least better and you have more downfield threats and you'll be able to actually have proper receivers on the football field not you know, Demir Bird having eight receptions a game or uh, or, or Ryan Izzo having the random ass touch. I know he's your favorite tight end of all time, Adam, Mr. Ryan Izzo. He is not. He plays for the enemy. He's not uh, that's my true. favorite. That's not true. my favorite tight end of all time. No, your favorite tight end of all time is uh, is tight end nice on Fantasy Pros, James Oshaw Hennessy. <laughs> James Oshaw Hennessy? Yes. That's your favorite tight end of all time. I thought you were going to say like – uh, Anthony Becht or Dustin Keller. Oh, no, 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 no. Please, please. Tight end nice. Tight end nice takes the cake. Fair enough. Takes the cake over everybody. Fair enough. I, I, but again, I just don't know what New England's doing here. I, I really don't. And um, all right, can we go on to, to, to a much happier signing, please? Sure. Let's do that. I'm so excited to talk about this. I'm so excited. I know. Me too. Do you want to go? You wanna, oh, you, you want me it? to do it? Well, yeah. I mean, he he's your guy. He's your favorite. He's your favorite player. He is my favorite. I love him to death. Um, Corey Davis. If they could get, and now I'm all aboard 
the Zach Wilson's of the Jets train. Because I think Zach Wilson with Corey Davis, oh, holy shit. Ooh, there's something there. Now, I will say that Corey Davis now is in an absolutely awful situation for him in terms of opposing corners that he's going to have to face. Gilmore, that is true. White, Xavier Howard slash Byron Jones. He's got to play those guys six times out of the year. Twice each, yes. Correct. That's the downside. But I like what the Jets are doing. I like the fact that the Jets are being patient. They're making smart signings. Corey Davis was a smart one. Gerard Davis was another very excellent signing by the Jets. I think that he was criminally misused in Detroit. He's a sideline-to-sideline kind of linebacker, and he's going to do really good things, I think, I think with, the, with the New York Jets. Well, next to Avery Williamson, especially. To, yes. I mean, uh, next to uh, C.J. about to See, here's why I got my wires crossed. I was thinking he's going to replace Avery Williamson, and then it just – yeah, anyway. Well, apparently the Jets are taking a good amount of phone calls on C.J. Mosley as well. Because apparently if, if he's traded, it only is about a $6 million hit, which isn't too terrible. The Jets can can swallow that. So They have $50 million in cap space. They can swallow anything. True. True. Very true. But I like that the Jets are not just going out and throwing all of their dollars at players like New England is. They're being smart. They're being patient about it. They're not going out of their way. I wouldn't be too surprised if this is all we see from the Jets in terms of wave one free agent monster contracts. I wouldn't be surprised because I think what the Jets need to do is, as Adam said before, you build your team through the draft. And I think with the first draft for Rob Sala, for for, uh, Rob Sala and Joe Douglas, this is a great opportunity to lay the foundation down for what the future of the New York Jets is going to be. I don't think the future of the New York Jets is going to be built, you know, like that through throwing down a hundred, 150 million total in free agency. I just don't think that makes sense. I don't think it's how you build a sustainable winning formula. I like that the Jets are being patient. I like the jet that the Jets are making smart, shrewd signings. And I just hope it continues to stay that way because it in a quite a long time. I can't I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually like what the Jets are doing. And Carl Lawson, that was another signing. I don't know if I love the contract all that much. The money is then, a lot. But then I saw what the Bengals gave Trey Hendrickson, and I said they gave him the same contract the Bengals did to Hendrickson. It's the same contract one extra year the same exact contract. So Carl Lawson, 25 years old, you're getting a younger player there, five and a half sacks last year with the Bengals and anybody that can turn a young defensive end into a really, really stout one. It is of course, Rob Sala. So uh, I like the signing a lot for the jets there. I, and again, I like what the jets have done and I can't believe I'm saying it. Do you think that, um, well, first of all, the Jaguars signed a tight end. It's somebody I've never heard of. His name is Chris Manhertz. 
Oh, Whatever from the from the Carolina. Panthers. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What's the term? Two years, seven point two five million. The, oh my god. Ooh. This, this it's like funny season that's happening in the South right now. Did you see? Four. Did you did you see the contract that the Panthers gave Cam Irving yesterday? I wanted to throw up. I'm gonna look at it right now. It was two two years, ten million, seven million guaranteed. And that's a dude that couldn't stop a damn thing. Yeah, that's pretty nonsense. That was awful. And then they have uh, Pat uh, Pat Elfline, who yep. they signed to a three-year, thirteen and a half million dollar contract. Another one that made no sense. And he was not. He wasn't that great with uh, with the Jets. So I don't, I don't really understand that one. No, no, I don't know. I don't know what Carolina's doing. I don't know what Carolina's doing, but. Fair play to uh, to the Jets because they are uh, my, my doing question, some good things in free agency. My question for you, yeah, I don't know if you are in con- in contact with your sources about this kind of thing, but do you think the Jets could be in on some of the other player in the second wave, quote unquote, of free agency, where you have guys like uh, your corner still in need? Mm-hmm. Casey Hayward is available. AJ Bouye is available. Um, Malcolm Butler is available. Yeah. Desmond Trufant is available. Richard Sherman is available. Or somebody on the offensive line, Alex Mack. He's old. He's available, though. Uh, Nick Martin, Gabe Jackson, Trey Turner. Um, I know a lot of people on Twitter are really big on somebody like Trey Turner. See, a lot of the, there aren't any good right tackles available in free agency. Although it's a lot of left tackles. It's very, yeah. It, it, it is a very light tackle year. But to answer your question, yes, I have talked to them about uh, the Jets need a corner. It is a well-known that the Jets are going to sign a corner at some point. Uh, Jake actually broke this on the Basement Talk podcast last week that there is no interest, at least from what I know, um, with between Richard Sherman and the Jets right now. The two teams that I've heard about Richard Sherman the most, at three actually, excuse me, are the Chicago Bears, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Those are the three teams that I've heard the most about Richard Sherman. Uh, the Raiders make so much sense for him. There's so much sense of obviously the, the tampering that occurred between John Gruden and Richard Sherman is well known at this point. Uh, so it wouldn't shock anybody if Richard Sherman does end up uh, with the Raiders. Casey Hayward is an, is an interesting option for the Jets. Um, I, I still, forgot to mention Patrick Peterson, who is available. Still. Yeah, Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson as well. I don't know if Peterson is the best fit, though, for the Jets. I I like Hayward more actually, where he is versus Peterson. I, I've I've heard one spot for Peterson. That's the Kansas City Chiefs going back to Kansas, going to Kansas City. And running it back with Tyron Matthew, so that oh, could be an interesting little spot for. That would for, be amazing for Peterson, but for the Jets, I love Casey Hayward there. Where did the Chiefs I, I, get all this money from? Where are the Chiefs getting all this money? Restructures, restructures, yeah. A lot of restructuring, a lot. That's it's like, oh, you you signed Mahomes and Kelsey to these gigantic contracts, and it's like, oh, here's J- Joe Thune here. Come on down. Come win a there Super Bowl. There you go. Come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right.
But yeah, no, I think Casey Hayward would be a good signing for the Jets also. Uh, there is a bit of a corner update. Okay. Uh, so Shaquille Griffin is down to three teams. The New York Jets, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Seattle Seahawks, who have come in late with a brand new offer to keep their number one corner in Seattle. But the Raiders, Jets, Seahawks, all in on Shaquille Griffin. Yeah, no, that's that is very interesting. I did see that from uh, from Rappaport. I, said, I don't. I oh, Rappaport did tweet that. Well, he tweeted that the Seahawks were making a push for him. Okay. All right. So I I just had the text from my source saying Griffin down to three. Right. I don't. Yeah, I don't think Rappaport didn't tweet that they were, that he was down to three. He just tweeted that the Seahawks are making a hard push to keep Shaquille Griffin. Okay. I, I I would expect that he stays in, in Seattle, though. I think if, if he wants to go back to Seattle and Seattle wants him, they'll probably get that done. I would expect. That makes more sense. I mean, he, he's a he's a really good corner for them. He was their number one yep. corner. Yeah. So is there any other free agency you want to talk about? Uh, well, the offensive linemen, Corey Lindsley, Joe Tooney. Corey Lindsley, that was a complete overpay by the Chargers. Complete, utter overpay. But he's going to reunite with his old teammate, Brian Bulaga, in Los Angeles. They need a center. So I'm not opposed to it. They make him the highest paid center in the league. He's a really good center. But they completely overpaid for for Corey Lindsley. Speaking of of overpayments, I feel Bud Dupree being the – Highest paid player so far, five years, $82 million. Yeah. Big from Tennessee. That no way. Big yikes. I saw, I saw that and I was just like, whoa. I would have been like, Mike Vrabel, you know better. You played linebacker. Oh, apparently he likes what he sees there. I guess he didn't play outside linebacker. He played inside linebacker, but still. He likes what he sees apparently. So, yeah, I, 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 that was a head scratcher for me. That really was. Uh, Joe Thune, though, phew, unreal signing for, for Kansas City. They needed to do that, especially after letting go of Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz. They needed, needed to reinforce that offensive line, and I would expect that they go and try and sign a tackle in free agency and then try and draft a tackle in, uh, in the draft. That's that's what I would expect because they they have two open spots at, at at tackle and there was some talk that maybe Mike Remmers could be coming back uh, Kyle Long who um, recently said that he is coming out of retirement is actually set to meet with the Chiefs about signing them so that could be another uh, body on that offensive line so you know there there are a lot of guys that Trent Williams is available also yeah I, but I think. I think Trent Williams is going to be just too expensive for for Kansas City, me personally. And I, I think Trent Williams eventually goes back to San Francisco. I think they work out a deal, and, and he'll stay in the Bay. Okay. Yeah. One interesting position that I think, you know, going away, going away from offensive line, mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, we didn't. We haven't even talked about the quarterbacks yet. 
it hasn't really been a banner year for quarterbacks. It's not really a banner year in free agency for quarterbacks. No. Either. No. But uh, two have signed as of, time, as of time of recording. Ryan Fitzpatrick signed a one-year $10 million deal with, this, with the uh, Washington football team. And something that we haven't even talked about until right now, Drew Brees retired officially. Officially, officially. And Jameis Winston is, I guess he's going to be the guy. He signed with New Orleans one year, five and a half million dollars. Um, so the Baltimore Ravens are re-signing outside linebacker Tyus Bowser to a four-year, $22 million deal, which could rise to $27 million with incentives and $12 million of that is guaranteed um i would say this with the saints and their quarterback dilemma now sean payton has made it clear that it is going to be Taysom hill and Jameis winston fighting for the starting job me personally i think sean payton would prefer Jameis winston to be the guy at quarterback just because he offers a little bit more in terms of getting the ball downfield and running the kind of offense that Sean Payton wants to run. Now, would it be a shock if Taysom Hill is the starter? No, of course not. They just are paying him. They restructured his deal. They were down in terms of four-year, $160 million deal where each 140. year is- 140, thank you, where each year is voidable. Like, give me a break. That, that's just, that's silly money. Honestly, that is just silly, silly money. $35 million a year for Taysom Hill. Sheesh. Um, but me personally, from you know what I think, is that I think Jameis Winston is going to end up being the starter for the New Orleans Saints. So, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, get ready for weekly previews where I say Jameis Winston is the start of the week. That's exciting. See, Can't wait for that. See, Adam, it's the drug that I can't get off of. I am, I am addicted. I am addicted to starting Jameis Winston as a streamer. I believe the uh, the particular phrasing that you used was the girlfriend that you cannot break up from. That's it. That's it. He's that crazy ex that I can't get away from. That's exactly it. Just when I thought I was done, they pulled me back in. Just when I thought I was out of the trap, pulls me right back in. Damn straight. But yeah, no. for the New Orleans Saints, so... That's like I have my embargo with the Saints. So I may that's like that's like two relapses wanting to happen. Going back and streaming Jameis Winston and then me saying that I'm not gonna start a member of the Saints, but then starting Jameis Winston. Okay, we like, might need these the are whole, two relapses that are about to happen. We might need to hold an intervention at some point. Might have to. Mr. Bird Mr. Birdsaw, we're here. We're your friends. We care about you, and we need you to stop starting Jameis Winston. It is bad for your health. Guys, I I really, really want to start Jameis. He's going up against Atlanta. That you defense, can't do it. That defense is awful. 
He turns the ball him. over too much. He turns the ball over too much, Bird. I, I, I have to start him. I have to. I need to hit submit. He's there on waivers. I have to do it. 20 fab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to go and spend 20 fab dollars on James Winston. Why am I I imagining you panhandling and like spare fab, sir? Spare fab? (laughs) Spare fab for Jameis Winston? Excuse me, sir. I'm just looking for one extra fab dollar. I'm a little short this week and I need to go get Jameis Winston. I'm not going to give you any more fab. You're just going to spend it all on – you're just going to waste it all on Jameis Winston. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> now that Frank Gore is out of the league, I need someone that I could pick up and drop at least 20 times throughout the year. And I think Jameis Winston is going to be that guy. <laughs> I love him so much. It's a problem. I absolutely love him. It's kind of like me with Corey Davis. Yeah, but Corey Davis is like, is actually good though. Jameis Winston is terrific. No, he's not. 2019, he led the league in passing, Adam. I don't want to hear it. He also had 30 interceptions. He led the league in passing and he had 30 touchdowns. Led the league in passing though. 30 interceptions. Led the league in passing. 5,000 yards. 3-0 interceptions. 5,000 yards. I can't see. I know what I'm going to do this year. There is going to be the week that I play you, Adam. You're getting all of Jameis. Well, I cannot wait. You're getting the Jameis Winston, Corey Davis experience. But I like Corey Davis, especially now. I've always loved Corey Davis. He's always been a friend of mine. Well, now, now that he's on the Jets, he, it's great. I love it. See, th- I actually had a really fun moment last night when the news broke that Corey Davis was going to the Jets. Jake was the only Jets fan that I knew that really wanted Corey Davis. The other ones that were talking slander about him and were coming at me for saying that Corey Davis is one of the top receivers in the National Football League, they were eating their crow really quick. I can imagine. It was like it was like they had just signed Jerry Rice in his prime, with in his Montana. prime. Oh my god! With Montana, it it literally was like some of the the best night ever for for Jets fans that they signed Corey Davis. I'm I'm very happy for the Jets fans. They 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 deserve it. Jet up. That's right. Jet up. Anybody else you want to talk about? Mm, we can talk about Corey Davis for like another hour if you want. Uh, no, we have another show to record. True. Later True today. That. that we do. Um, speaking of which, that later that show that we're going to be recording later today that will be up on Thursday, most likely, yeah, or at least later this week, mm-hmm. that is going to be the start of our divisional previews. Yes. Very exciting. Are we starting with the AFC or the NFC? Uh, we're going to flip a coin. <laughs> on I- air? On air. Fuck it. Yep. Fuck it. Who cares? We're going to flip a coin on air to flip decide whether or not we yeah, start we'll with... Do, do, do a round robin. Tell with yep. it. Tell with it. 
we'll only have a video portion for that specific moment of the podcast so people know that the flip the, the coin flip w- was legit yes yes the the coin flip is going to be legit we are not going to pick the afc east just to appease to adam so that way we can talk about Corey davis at nauseum some more even though and I we're not that. and we're not going to pick the nfc east to appease to bird so we can talk about deck prescott ad nauseum I don't know about the Cowboys much of this podcast. Did I mention the Cowboys once today? I think the only time I mentioned the Cowboys was when we talked about Richard Sherman. That was it. No, I know. I don't talk but, about my Cowboys at nauseum. No, but if we start with the NFC East, you would have. Yeah, course. Or that. Or your or the Stevie G. Oh, come on. It's the best. Have you worked on your Iron Eagle? impression getting there okay I, I am getting there it's a little tough because it is it is a bit it's like an octave higher than what i'm used to well yeah you have to really kind of like you have to stretch in, the vocal cords for that you one. have to go into a different register yeah you, de- you definitely do and so it, it is a little tough but but i'm getting there but stevie jig and jamie Carragher. i don't know if you saw uh thierry Henry was on uh monday night football with uh jamie Carragher. It was Monday Night Football. No, not that one. No, not that one. It was, it was like perfect. It was my 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 two favorite gentlemen, just talking, just spitting some shit about fo- about football. It was beautiful. I can imagine. I was watching Jamie Carragher and I. We just sound so similar. And then of course there's Thierry. Ah, he's such a beautiful man. Oh, North London is red, by the way. Yeah, it is. Fuck Tottenham. What do we think of Tottenham? Shit. What do we think of shit? Tottenham. Thank you. That's all right. We hate Tottenham. Yep. We hate Tottenham. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm done. I promise. I, I, wish, I wish I was. I should be surprised. Or I shouldn't be surprised, but I was. I was surprised. I was a bit surprised that you would interrupt the sanctity of the outro like that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do a thing. Stevie. Was Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard did. Yeah, Fuck Steven Gerrard. Yeah, course. Please, the best player of England's golden generation was Man City legend Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it. You all know it. <laughs> well, considering he may never associate himself with Chelsea Football Club again, I guess he will embrace being a Man City legend. <laughs> Man City NYCFC legend oh, Frank Lampard. The best, probably one of the best goals of all time was Frank Lampard scoring against Chelsea. That was just pure gold. See, what is that? A, is that Matt? Is that Matt uh, vomiting in the distance that I hear? <laughs> Literally, the, 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 just just the faces of the Chelsea fans after they applaud Frank Lampard coming onto the pitch, thinking this is going to be you know a, a testimonial or something like that. He's running around and then he finishes it and levels it. The look on the Chelsea fans is just priceless. Honestly, the look on Frank Lampard's face is pretty priceless. He's like, "Oh, what did I just do?" Yes, he couldn't believe it himself. You know how they say that uh, ties in the NFL or like kissing your sister. Uh, yeah. 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 That's kind of what that that's, I'm sure that's how Frank Lampard felt a little bit. 
that was so awesome. I loved every second of it. Well, me too. I mean, you know, it was great. It was almost kind of like Arsenal when they won the league in White Hart Lane. A little great bit. Great time. Great time for all, party, all parties involved. And Old Trafford. Yep. And Anfield. And the bridge. That too. Never at the Etihad. Well, because you you lot were irrelevant until <laughs> until the last decade. Well, I mean, also the stadium has has only been around since two thousand three. My point still stands. Only relevant for the last decade. I miss Main Road. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you do. We, Even we though can bring it back if you want to get rid of the uh, your your owners. No, it's a, it's an apartment complex now. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's very interesting. So is uh, so is Highbury. Yeah. Very interesting. So is Ebbets Field. Yeah. And hopefully, cool. and hopefully, so will Old Trafford one day. Yeah, I think. Well, Old Trafford is a it's a it's a bit of a it's a it's an asylum. Or even or even better, they take a bulldozer to it. Even better. Even better. That would be splendid. Just take a Death Star laser and just wipe Old Trafford off the face of the earth. A very specific, for it. particular space laser. And just, just blow up Old Trafford. I'm all for it. That is, that, that sounds like an excellent idea. Yep. Can Marcus Rashford be in it? It, mm, ch- sure. I, I, I mean, don't I, like him as a player, but as, as a person, I do, I do enjoy Marcus Rashford. He is, he is a good person. Fine, fine. Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard, he could be, in. he Fine. could be in it, hundred percent. So can Roy Keane, honestly. Yep, I'm good with that. I'm totally good with that. Um, you know, if Roy Root- Keane could have could have rid it, could have basically rid the world of, of Erling Holland, if he had gone a, little, a couple of inches to to the left or the right, <laughs> depending on uh, where which direction you're looking. Jesus. Rude Van Nistelrooy, too. He absolutely is going to be dead center of that laser. Yeah. He, yeah. Not Alex Ferguson, though. He's no, no, could, no, no. I no, actually like him. No, we like Fergie. We like Fergie. Love Gary Neville, too. Great guy. I'm working, yeah. I'm working, I'm working on his accent, too. Uh, it, it's, it's coming along. Well, like I said, it's once you have Jamie Carragher, because Mancunian and, and, uh, Liverpudlian. Are very or Scouse. It's they're the accents are very similar. They are they are very similar, but he he has like that prim and proper accent. So it's like it's it's a little tougher. It's a more it's a more like richer sort of sound. Not like not like financial rich, but just richer sounding accent. So it, it requires a little bit of work. Well, I mean, you talk about Iron Eagle. Have it. You have to have another octave. Well, for that's him. an octave. Yeah. That. But Gary Neville. Like, when Gary Neville gets mad, he goes Ooh! or that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Or that. <laughs> Come on. That's like the classic Gary Neville. I know it is a classic Gary Neville. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've only seen that goal about a thousand times given who I live with. Yeah, that, that's fair. All right, I'm done. I promised. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. 
Uh, you can find all episodes of not only the fantasy show, but every episode under the Basement Talk podcast, family of podcasts, the umbrella of the Basement Talk podcast. You can find all of that on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. So uh, later this week, recording today, posting it later this week, we will be doing our divisional previews. Starting with either the AFC or the NFC, we're going to flip a coin. And um, starting with the East of, of whichever conference. So until then, for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye. Bye.